everyone, welcome to another episode of the Africa Business of Sport podcast with myself, Adam Spio, and my ever-present co-host, Jabu Mtua. Today, we are with a sports content creator and a sports business executive who has been doing exciting things from the diaspora for sports here in Africa. Jabu, who do we have for our audience today? Well, simply, Adam, it's an experienced leader within the sports industry experienced chief executive as well, which we're going to be speaking about in his capacity in Africa Sports Ventures Group, but a versatile individual who not only focuses on sports and entertainment, but the sports media landscape, event management, and branding for athlete representation as well in terms of radio, public, and media relations. This is someone who has a vast experience within the sports sector with so many interconnecting interests and passions. So it's an honor and privilege to Welcome on to the Africa Business of Sport podcast today, the CEO of Africa Sports Ventures Group, Leslie Koroma. Leslie, welcome on to the podcast. It's a privilege to have you on. Thank you. Thank you very much for that, uh, Jabu and uh, Edem. I see you guys uh, are wonderful and I appreciate you guys having me on. Leslie, one of the main things that came up as I did some research um, on you was the African Sports Monthly Magazine that you founded and serve as editor-in-chief of. So could you take us back to the day you conceptualized African Sports Monthly Magazine and what was the importance of adequately covering African sports news and developments for you to start this venture? Well, uh, thank you for that question. Obviously, it's been um, a decades-long struggle of trying to um, put African sports content out there in, uh, alongside with other global sp- uh, sports media content out there. Um, you know, we, 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 we've had our struggles over the years, and but it got really bad in the late 90s to early 2000s where you barely could find anything about African sports content. Uh, the world was going through a change um, from what we were used to in the 80s, 70s, 80s, coming into the early 90s where it was mostly local newspapers. Um, well, there was um, an African football magazine that was there earlier, but it went um, out of business at the time. And um, so the space was really vacant. There was nothing out there, really. And um, the entire African continent itself, most um, sports fans were focused most on European um, in foreign league content. And um, as we know today, obviously, we see the proliferation of um, English Premier League sports fans across Africa and, of course, um, other European leagues as well, by the the Bundesliga, La Liga, and so on. You know, the focus was all on the outside. What we hadn't done in Africa was to try to keep pace with the rest of the world, which was to continue to... um, not only made but to transition from what it was or what folks were going to stadiums and seeing stuff on local newspapers and of course getting the stuff in the local news in other words to try to i mean change from that model right there to where uh content was being brought to the to the um the living rooms um the houses of homes of uh, uh fans around uh the different countries across africa um we failed in that in that in that arena, and so 
the foreign content came in and took over the space. And so they filled the gap that was there. Um, regardless, sports leagues were still carrying on in Africa. But uh, uh, as far as projection was concerned, nothing was going on in terms of um, connecting with the fans and, and, and creating um, um, this uh, dynamic of where uh, fans are kept updated or updated with um, up to speed or updated with um, 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 information about their, their local leagues their favorite teams, and, and all, all the like. Uh, on top of that, um, I come from the um, track and field background, um, mostly, there, and I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a multi-sports uh, fan. I, I, I follow a variety of different different sports, all the you know, um, track and field, but also an army martial artist as well. Um, and, um, of course, I love you know, weight training as well. So, I had a variety of interests in, in different sports, but we couldn't, there was no, no amount of content out there that could, um, uh, that was uh, being put out by anyone whatsoever. Um, I uh, came to the US um, in the early 90s, and um, one of the things I found there was um, there was a lack of information about Africa in general. And so that bothered me. It bothered me really deeply. And um, Every time I would look around or try to turn on the TV to uh, watch or look, seek for information, there was nothing. And so eventually, um, I decided, uh, thank God for the internet, um, I decided uh, in the late 90s to start to, to try to do something about that. Uh, I was still an active competitor in track and field at the time, and um, but I was at the verge of uh, kind of hanging up my spikes. And so basically what I did was I said, well, what what's the next phase in, in this for me? And uh, at the same time, too, I was starting a, a young family. My 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 mom and my wife and my kids. Um, so there was a lot of things at play here. So I decided I wanted to start something having to do with um, putting, um, especially sport content, sport information out there. I did my research. There were a few out there, but they were lackluster. They were very. Um, they were way below capacity in terms of the amount of information they were putting out, that type of stuff. All the information was coming from either the BBC or um, some other avenue, or sometimes VOA. So I decided to do something about it. And so in the late 90s to early 2000, I started um, what I call African Sports TV. Um, um, and I started doing a you know, daily news website and uh, with sports content. And I contacted a few people in different countries started getting material from them and so that started the journey and so with that um started growing beyond um uh, that point i was fortunate to come to south africa um for the 2010 world cup and uh so i was in um, i stayed in victoria during the, the period and uh attended world cup uh it was in johannesburg so during the period uh, all the while i was thinking okay i need to diversify the way I present content, not just with the website, but on other avenues as well. So I thought, what better way than to um, uh, do a magazine? So right about there, in July of 2010, I uh, I decided to um, uh, make the brave move to start African Sports Monthly Magazine. And um, uh, that was the birth of African Sports Monthly Magazine. It's a comprehensive sports magazine that covers all sports disciplines um, for Africa. and um, Africans around the world, uh, not just Africans uh, who were living in the diaspora, but also people of African descent as well. 
whether it's a Caribbean or African Americans or um, Black Europeans, um, all of this in the set. Because sports is a united language, it, it, it brings everyone together. You know, it's, uh, it, we're always talking about unifying Africa and bringing Africans together in a way for us to see common purpose. I felt like this was going. This 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 could be a great platform for that. So I started, but obviously, um, like I said, there was. I was I didn't come in with the business um, approach. I came in from strictly from a passion standpoint. So we were putting content out, great content, obviously. Um, uh, looking at um, the the landscape, obviously discussing issues having to do with um, the lack of. Um, um, focus of African fans uh, or African content, African sports material. And, you know, it, it was a struggle, obviously, because um, we didn't have the capacity to, I, I mean, we're all, all of us in Africa, we didn't have the capacity to bring the material to the sports um, sports fans out there. Even if that was the case, there had to be some monumental efforts to to, to kind of match what was already happening in the space with um uh, European sports content that was coming in, American sports content that was coming into Africa. So the focus was more for the fans was more on the out, uh, was more outward looking. But regardless, I, I felt it was an adventure. It was something that was worth a while. Regardless, I, I said, you know, no matter what, we'll keep at this uh, till we get to a point where we feel like um, we would again the respect that we need. Um, um, you know, um, the uh, uh, the fans to turn their focus inwards. So that was a that was a, that was the genesis of the African Sports Monthly magazine, which is now uh, not only just a magazine, but Af- African Sports Monthly magazine and daily news website. Half a decade ago, Leslie, you founded the Africa Sports Ventures Group for a continent that is still developing its sports business prowess. You've somewhat been ahead of the curve, and I do know that. The Africa Sports Ventures Group seeks to really and truly be that, let's say, financial spearheading for the growth of sports across the continent. Kindly take us through the vision, the mission, the goal for setting up such an entity. Because I, when I was perusing your profile, I read that it seeks to not only help in sponsorship, but also help in developing the capacities of sports business organizations on the continent. How would this long term in five, 10, 15 years really and truly grow sports business in Africa with regards to the number of contributions that it does? Well, um, the, the natural evolution of what I saw in the sports media space um, during my years, of course, African Sports Monthly is still there, um, is that I saw so many gaps in the, in the space. Um, so many issues that were not being tended to. And the question was always, well, who's tending to this? Who's doing this? And who's doing that? And naturally, you know, that's uh, the, the, the great old proverbial saying says that, that you are the change that you desire. So it was the question that I was asking, I was asking myself. And so, um, and there were other folks out there as well who were definitely asking these questions. Um, but I decided to take the venture forward and, decided to put a coalition of people together that I felt uh, we could work together collectively to try to build. Because one of the key things that we, besides um, um, the low media capacity that we had uh, for African content, sports content, 
was that um, funding was a, is, 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 is and still a critical issue in the African sports space. Um, it's and, and we're yet to create that dynamic between the sports world and the business community where the business community across Africa sees sports as a viable option of a partnership to where there's, uh, you know, enough um, um, sponsorship flowing in or other types of, um, you know, um, exchanges taking place between the business community and the sports and the sports community. Um, there has to be a symbiotic relationship here when both benefit from each other. But that's still a struggle. It's still, still a significant issue. Uh, yes, we do have most of the telecom companies who will come in every now and again and sponsor this. But mostly, what you find, what you find is that, of course, this um, most of, most of these um, uh, telecom companies are uh, some of them are you know um, foreign owned. Nothing wrong with the foreign owned ownership, but the fact is, you know, you're here to have um, African business owners really turn their inward focus to um, work in partnership with. Um, the, the sports community. So obviously, we saw this gap yes, as, a, as a significant drawback to the growth of sports and the growth of so much more within the space. And so I felt like, you know, we needed to build, put something together that would uh, stand in the gap, in other words, for um, creating an, an enabling environment um, with regards to funding and so much more. It's not necessarily an easy, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily, it's not, it's not an easy, easy task, obviously. Because you got to build a foundation, um, and that foundation is what you will use to grow, coming to push your um, the missioning and in, 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 in vision out to the rest of the, to the continent. Uh, so some of the things that we saw that we wanted to do was, first of all, how to communicate this message out there and get the rest of Africa on board. So in 2020, uh, we started, we launched the uh, first ever, the first ever Pan-African Sports Conference, by the way, um, and, and that was significant in many in many regards because for me, uh, when we did the research uh, as far as um, sports conferences were concerned with Africa, and uh, we looked and dug through Google everywhere, found that there was there's never been one, and so for us it was like wow this is this is this is ridiculous this is crazy, but you know it's everything in time and so uh, it was time for us to do that anyway. So we did, and we hosted that alongside with UNESCO. Uh, UNESCO partnered with us and a number of other entities as well. Um, and then on that conference, we had the, the privilege of having um, uh, President Chokong, Judge Weir, Chokong Weir, uh, as the uh, keynote speaker at that, that conference. Crazily enough, um, COVID had just started out, and so there was it was it wasn't possible to have a physical conference. So we did it online. This was a the start of everything, you know, uh, online at the time. So it was during the COVID pandemic, the early stages of the COVID pandemic, and we kind of timed it with um, a day we felt like was relevant in 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 that drive, which is Africa Day, which is May twenty five, May twenty fifth every year is Africa Day, is part of the African Union, um, and so we held a conference and discussed a variety of topics um, from fan engagement to funding and what it will hold. Uh, great speech by President George Weir at the time regards to uh, where would Africa stand and because the, the theme of the, con the conference was um, sports in Africa post, uh, you know, the future of sports in Africa post-COVID-19. And so we addressed a number of issues on that. And uh, it, was a, it was a sea change. It was a dynamic um, event. It was great for, um, for, 
for triggering a number of things. Uh, prior to that year, uh, 2019, NBA Africa had uh, decided we're going to launch the first overseas league. The NBA was going to launch its first overseas league, and it was going to be in Africa. Uh, at the time, they already had a, an office in Johannesburg for years, and so at this time, they were now ready to go into action. So we felt like it was everything was happening, you know, um, at the right time. So we we held that conference, and we're we kind of triggered a number of things. And uh, today, we're seeing you know a few other conferences popping up here and there, which is a great thing. And uh, we see obviously with guys like yourselves, the podcast that you have. Um, it helps with the narrative. This is great because obviously it joins the voices. Uh, you guys are becoming one of the key voices out there uh, to help to get the word out to, to the rest of uh, not just the sports community, but to business and business entities out there as well. That we need the partnerships, we need the connections. We, our objective basically is how to bring in besides creating a platform for uh, generating funding that we'll, we can use um, to help to. Uh, push the rest of um, um, the sports community to uh, its fullest capacity. Uh, we feel like um, you know the, the the rest of Africa needs to um, be clued in to what's going on. And alongside that as well, we've also been involved in grassroots sports initiatives. We have a program called Project One Forty Four, which is for school sports, and um, we're pushing that narrative heavily. We held our first event last year. Um, we had a, we ran a primary with basketball. Um, we run a, a, a continental basketball event, and uh, we we're pushing for basketball to be um, embraced by schools across the continent as well. So Project One Forty Four um, was held last year in the first edition uh, in Cape Verde, and um, was a great success. It was live streamed, um, was um, broadcasted in Cape Verde, where it was um, was initially held. And um, we're looking at a second edition coming up in 2024. And so we, we, we're going to keep pushing that narrative because the, the objective is how do you develop the value chain um, alongside with all the other ancillary issues that needs to be developed along the way. Um, you cannot leave the grassroots behind because that's a, the value chain, um, meaning the, the athletes that are the key performers, a key ingredient in the sports space have to be developed alongside we have talents, obviously. We have great talents. I mean, I mean, no, no one can say anything about, uh, uh, or no one can say any less about the, the, the tremendous talent that's in Africa. Um, but we have to find a way to, to reach back down and have to develop the younger ones who are coming up. So from the school level to the collegiate level, we propose um, establishing a collegiate um, uh, league as well. And we've been in talks with um, the Federation of Iraqi University Sports to manifest, make manifest that as well. And we're still in that pursuit. And it's not been an, an easy road, obviously. Uh, lots of snag along the way, uh, re resistances and issues. But yeah, like I said, it's, it's part of the game. It's what you expect to see, to be, to deal with. So this is the journey that we've been on in terms of um, helping to build capacity for the, what we call the sports industry, to bring the focus to the rest of Africa that Sports is not just a pastime anymore. That is, a, it's big business. That everybody needs to see that. Everybody needs to understand that. Uh, that it's no longer just about about being enamored with um, turning on the screen and seeing um, the green and lush um, pitches, uh, soccer pitches in in Europe, and the guys dazzling you with the skills. But that we can do the same thing within Africa. That people don't have to cross the Sahara anymore and travel the Mediterranean just to seek 
greener pastures. They're eating havoc within Africa. You don't have to leave your environment anymore. There are many tragic stories with regards to that and um, people seeking greener pastures and crossing, making these harrowing journeys across the desert uh, through the Mediterranean, many dying a, a, along the way. And so that doesn't have to happen. We can build the capacity within each African country and we can build the capacity collectively as a, as a continent and, and have the younger generation um, know that there is opportunity within their, their community, within their local environment. It doesn't have to be the way it was for when we were coming up. So for us who were, who came up and um, found it very hard when we wanted to, uh, you know, a, a, a express our talents out there and had all the difficulties we had, we had to turn around and see how we could help to change the narrative, how to change, how to change things for the better for the next generation and beyond. And so that's what we're doing with Africa Sports Venture School. It's um, it's a labor of love and it's um, it's an effort at not only changing the narrative with regards to the entire landscape of the way business is done sports-wise, but to bring to focus to the rest of Africa that sports is a, is a big business and it can actually contribute to, um, you know, uh, socioeconomically to every nation, that every government should see it as a business opportunity. I just recently watched uh, an interview with um, um, Mohammed bin Salman, the uh, leader of uh, Saudi Arabia, um, who's been talking, who's been doing quite a bit in the sports space now. And he talked about how much sport has contributed. He said the sport has contributed up to 1% of the annual GDP currently, and he's looking for more. And on average, we look at most advanced countries out there um, and where sports 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 is big business and um, and we see how much it contributes to the annual GDP. So we look at a lot of countries who are at the apex of this right now and some of them get up to about 5 or 6% of the annual GDP from sports alone. So that can be the case for many African countries. And we see the leadership that's been provided by the likes of uh, President Paul Kagame in uh, Rwanda. And we see the, the moves that are being made by the uh, nations like Morocco, Egypt, and of course South Africa itself. But a lot of countries they, they need to understand. They need to uh, the leadership needs to understand. Um, recently, also we just saw President uh, Ruto uh, sign an agreement to have, to have uh, an Africa office established in uh, Nairobi, Kenya, which is a massive move for us. I mean that we will see this as. Um, the sea change that we're looking for, the, the change that we desire within the African sports space um, for it to be, because that's where it's all at. Leadership has to be convinced. The people have to know that this is what it is. It's not just about the million dollars that the athletes make, but how that trickles out to everybody in the community as well. You, you, I mean, job opportunities and so much more um, can, be, can, be, uh, can be created within the, from the sports space alone. And sports can be a trigger for so many other aspects of uh, a nation's economy. And so um, we see that happening in many other parts of the world, especially where I live here in the U.S. as well. You know, so we see that happening. And so for me, it's always been my desire to say, well, if they can do it here, why not there? You know, and for me, it's, it's not about taking, say, oh, I'm taking something American-related to take it to Africa. No, sports is sports. Sports is sports anywhere. It's just sports. So sometimes I hear this... Um, um, Cliche statements out there, oh, you just can't take anything from over there and bring it over. No, it's sports. It's simply sports. You run 100 meters in the U.S., it's the same thing you're doing in Africa. It's the same thing you're doing in Johannesburg. It's the same thing you're doing in Cairo. It's the same thing you're doing in Lagos. It's no different. 
So the concept of uh, 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 basics, so it's about best practices, right? We take best practices that are being applied in many parts of the world and take it and bring it to where we are, right? And help to change our communities. That's what, we, that's what we're about. That's what we're looking for. And so um, Africa Sports Ventures Group um, as a company is here to help, uh, to work with a variety of entities, any and everybody, to try to, to, to build capacity within the sports space, from the grassroots on up to the most professional and elite level. And we're, we're privileged to have the opportunity to talk, to, to work with a, a number of um, um, big names out there. I say big names in the sports community, in the sports environment, um, from President Weir to, you know, the, the president of Rugby Africa, Mr. Herbert Mesa, uh, the CEO of um, uh, NBA Africa, Mr. Victor Williams. These are all people I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to, to, um, to be in, in close uh, touch with and uh, be able to work with them and, and uh, um, to try to help to build capacity within the, the sports space. Uh, we don't see ourselves as a lone whatever. We're just part of the, the mosaic of um, um, people with vision and, uh, um, and with um, the capacity to, to try to bring uh, change to the African sports space. There you have it, folks. That was the CEO of Africa Sports Ventures Group, Leslie Koroma. Adam, in a sports business context and discourse where it's all spoken about commercialization, this is definitely a masterclass that goes to show how important entities like the ASVG are in opening up financial opportunities and funding the sports environment because without ventures or organizations like this, Adam, it would be pretty difficult to get to a point of commercialization in African sports. 100% Jabu. The way that I see it, everything that Leslie said is really and truly a wake-up call to the sports business organizations on the continent to realize that there is an untapped potential when you find all the right ways to trigger the commercial opportunities that come through developing sports on the continent and I believe that it's crucial to the overall aim of the Africa Business with Sport podcast and A, educating people about the importance of the sports business industry and then B, rallying young people to be active about it and invest into it. Leslie, thank you very much once again for your time and for coming on the Africa Business with Sport podcast. You're very welcome. I appreciate you guys having me. To audience, thank you for joining us on yet another episode of the Africa Business of Sport podcast. Do leave us a five-star rating or a rating of your choice on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Till we meet next week, it's goodbye for now.